if you were in charge of like creating a new Transformer series, what sort of base plot would you want? Fuck it! We're starting with the death of Optimus Prime and going from there, baby! Hello and welcome to the AfterSpark Podcast, an episode-by-episode recap of the Generation 1 Transformers cartoon. I'm Els. And I'm Spex. Today we're going to be talking about episode number 6, Divide and Conquer. Let's talk about giant robots today, shall we? Yep. Last time on the Transformers, a devastating antimatter formula, old computers, Ravage, gently kidnapping a teenage boy from his bedroom, through a window, and Megatron is the most powerful weapon in the universe! Let's also not forget Soundwave's magic mind reading powers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but for today, we start at a high security factory? It's some sort of facility in the middle of nowhere, a desert or whatever, guarded by a bright green tank with a missile launcher, no less. How is that bright green tank not a freaking Autobot? I don't know. <laughs> And there's so much going on with this installation. It's the weirdest freaking factory I've ever seen in my life. There's a water tower, smokestacks, and not just one communication tower, but two communications towers. And to top this up, like a cherry on top of a freaking sundae, is it has what I can only describe as Mario Brothers bright green pipes on top of the building. And they're in the desert, yet their lawn is so green, and... They may or may not have a water feature or some sort of garden for uh, their workers to take breaks at. And when we mean their lawn is so green, we mean everything outside of it is brown, okay? (laughs) It's the middle of a desert. There's, like, plateaus and scrub. And And then bright green lawn with a bright green tank. Yep. Um, Oh, but get this. They actually have security cameras. So basically they've blown up the alien robots. Yeah. (laughs) And we cut to the interior of the factory as our narrator informs us that they're creating weapons to defeat the most dangerous enemy of all, the Decepticons! And to illustrate this point, apparently they have a poster of Megatron with a sticker plastered across his chest that says, The Enemy. He really looks like he's wearing a sash, like... Like he's going to prom. Like I think he's the prom king or or prom conqueror. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, Chip is here and he's apparently helping these scientists with weapon development. And then the Seekers attack the factory. There's a coloring mistake where Skywarp is colored like Starscream. Skywarp is clearly pretending to be Starscream today. Oh wait, no. Now he's Thundercracker. Boy, they can't color in this episode, huh? They, they really can't, apparently, and Soundwave shows up, and they start stealing energy. Which flows like water, and is bright blue? Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Chip, you know, being an intelligent person in this situation, unlike, I swear to God, most people in this show, sends a distress <laughs> signal to Optimus Prime. <sighs> oh god, and Optimus is just standing in the canyon from well, the previous act? So they call it a riverbed, but... But, but it looks like a canyon. It's a canyon in quotation marks. Yes. But now it actually looks like a riverbed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he, he finds out they're in trouble. The Autobots roll out, including him and some of the people from the Ark. Oh, Spike is actually hanging out with him in the riverbed. And Sparkplug is back at the Ark. And we actually had a 
Okay, question is which one was which? Weird, because we were seeing them from behind, and, like, I feel like one of them looked like they had really, really long legs, and yeah. we thought that Spike was in, like, both places for a second, but no, one of them was Spark Plug. Yep. And as you said, the Autobots roll out, and then Starscream fishes for compliments from Megatron for doing such a fantastic job. Oh, buddy, you've got you've to, gotta, you know, do more self-actualization for yourself. You can't rely on this for outside sources, man. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Then Optimus Prime shows up, and Megatron is telling Starscream to attack, but I swear he can't count. Because he says, Starscream outnumbers Prime three to one, but there's three Seekers, plus Soundwave, plus presumably all of Soundwave's cassettes. Shouldn't it be, like, nine to one? Maybe the cassettes are off on on break or something. Maybe they're on vacation. I don't know. I just thought it was weird. I'm like, at least it's four to one. I'm just saying my trunk clearly can't count. Anyway, Optimus then, uh, so a fight ensues, you know, because we, we know what kind of show we're watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and know. Optimus punches a heat-seeking missile. Optimus, what, what can't your magical Jesus hands do? Using a triple attack, the Seekers continue to attack Optimus, and they end up bringing him down. But then the Autobots show up, so the Seekers flee. And then Optimus is badly damaged. Despite not having a single mark on his body, it's very strange. This is... I think he's damaged because he's like, I will shield you humans from an exploding computer. Yeah, It was dumb, but he doesn't look like he's got a mark on his body. Yeah, he punches the thing, and then it explodes part of the computer, and then it overloads, and he's like, I must protect you! That <laughs> is so silly! It is. It's very silly. So, uh, Decepticons return to base. Uh, Starscream then takes credit for killing Optimus. Now look who's doing the preemptive declarations. Megatron has more sense than all of the Autobots fucking combined for the last five episodes right now. Optimus is dead my ass. <laughs> Yeah, this <clears throat> might be the first time laser cores are mentioned. Sparks don't exist yet, but sparks are generally like their heart slash soul thing in any other continuity, and I guess... This might... Laser cores might technically be their brains? Yeah, but it's kind of the closest we're gonna get yeah. in G1, which is weird, because I'm so used to every other continuity where sparks are like their main, you know, if you kill that, they're definitely dead thing. Well, this still makes more sense than Marvel and... Oh, I saved Optimus' life by downloading his mind into a floppy disk. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, you haven't read that, but yeah. The, the Marvel comics are a trip. A delightful trip. I highly recommend reading them. <laughs> you will not keep a straight face. God knows I couldn't. I'm sure some people on the bus think I'm fucking nuts now because I was trying not to laugh my ass off. <laughs> They're fun. And they're the first full canon experience I had, but let's get back to this! Yes! <laughs> anyway, uh, so Laserbeak is sent home to investigate if, if Optimus is actually dead. And Laserbeak doesn't want to go for some reason. And Megatron seriously threatens his, you know, parent of the year standing here. Yeah, he, he like, yells at Laserbeak, and I'm like, you're doing so well, man! Yeah, he, he threatens Soundwave, one of Soundwave's bird children. Bird yeah. Cassettes. Yeah. yeah. I'm still pretty convinced that, like, if he ever actually seriously harmed the cassettes, he would be screwed. Because I am convinced Soundwave is, like, the one that keeps shit running in the Decepticons. Yeah, you've said he's the most competent He's ever. the most competent one there! Don't piss off your competent subordinate, man. He's not like Starscream. You won't know he's coming. Yep. 
And then so Laserbeak flies into the top of the volcano and lands on Braun, turning into a cassette in midair. How does Braun not feel this? Apparently they just don't have a hell of a lot of feeling in their bodies or it's something, weird. I guess. But um, yeah, like it just he gets carried into the arc as a cassette on Braun's shoulder. It's so dumb. Yeah. Anyway, we cut inside where uh, Wheeljack and Ratchet are working on Prime while everyone else is watching. I guess there's nothing better to do, or else this is what counts as entertainment for the Autobots. <laughs> uh, well, our leader's going to die again. We guess we better grab a seat, huh? Who's going to make the popcorn? <laughs> Laserbeak then hops off Braun, transforming and flying to perch on some rocks in the room where Optimus is, and no one sees this. How? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, none of these characters have, you know, much in the way of peripheral vision. Yes. I was going to say something of, like, um, passive perception. (laughs) (laughs) They all failed their passive perception roles. Yeah. Yeah. And then he starts recording, broadcasting back to the Decepticon base. Uh, well, finding out Prime's not quite dead yet, Laserbeak attempts an assassination. And Ratchet forgets about his capture net from a few episodes ago, which is really annoying, honestly. Yes. <laughs> Consistency. Uh, so Prime explodes? Well, yeah, he's got fire and stuff coming out of his, his chest, <laughs> and everyone, like, ducks for cover. The Autobots huddle as they try to save Optimus. And then Wheeljack mentions a part he needs from his old lab on Cybertron. Oh, God. It's like, can't you just build this? Like, <laughs> I don't know why. why can't yeah, no, we gotta, we gotta go to Cybertron for this shit. And then Huffer pisses and moans. Ironhide gets so tired of this, he shoves his entire hand into Huffer's face. I'm not even kidding. How about no? And yeah, I posted the screenshot of this. How about no? It was just. It's just it's, it literally, his entire hand is in his face. There's a pretty big size difference between the two. And so he ends up being pretty funny. Like, Ironhide is looking in the different direction. Yeah, he's just like, shut up, Huffer, the adults are talking. <laughs> and he's gesturing, and I think Huffer's sort of flailing. <laughs> Something like that. It's, it's pretty goofy. Anyway, Chip offers to hack the Decepticon space bridge. Oh, and back at the Decepticons... It's Tuesday again, and time for some good old Starscream bitchin'. Yup, I don't even remember what they're talking about here because it's just Starscream bitchin'. <laughs> anyway, Shockwave informs Megatron of the Space Bridge's next coordinates. What? How the hell does Shockwave know where the where the stupid Space Bridge is? I assume it's where is? he's sending it. Yes, but why isn't why aren't the Decepticons here moving it around? I don't understand how Shockwave controls the location of the Cybertron. <laughs> Alien robot technology, man. I don't know how this works. I just talk about it. God, I mean, I'd assume they'd be able to do something more intelligent of everywhere else if Shockwave's able to just fucking control the space bridge location. <laughs> yeah. But, it, all I right. Mean, the only thing I can think of is maybe it's somewhat based off, like, Earth's rotation and where Cybertron is or something. That, Not that we're ever going to get that good of an explanation, but that's my current theory. <laughs> God, that would take more math than I'd be interested in doing. That's why they make Shockwave do it. <laughs> True. Yeah. So we found out where the episode's budget went. So literally Megatron is just colored really, really, really well in this one shot. I don't know why. <laughs> like, 
There's lighting, there's mid-tone, and there's shadow. Yeah. And you've seen old cartoons. There isn't always those things. <laughs> yeah. Like, most of the time, it's just flat color instead of giving any sort of shadow in there. But yeah. nope, nope, Megatron's gotta have his mood lighting. <laughs> I believe it. And back at the Ark, Chip is utilizing Teletran 1 to try and predict the next space bridge location. So remember what we said last time, when we said he was smarter than the robots? Yeah. How did Prime not consider this option? <laughs> Just like Sherlock Holmes, with floppy disks. Oh god. Which is Spike's reaction. Um, so sure, Spike. Sure. Ratchet and Wheeljack are frantically trying to keep Prime alive at this point. Uh, this time without an audience, <laughs> because I, they were so helpful last time. Well, I bet I bet Optimus is uh, grateful for his privacy <laughs> this time. I don't want all my friends to watch me die. <laughs> anyway, the Decepticons are loading up the space bridge with Energon. As the Energon phases through Starscream, like, I think there's a bit where he's just, like, they didn't they didn't use their layers very well again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we get an extra reflector again today. Yeah, um, for a total of four. For a total of four. And that same reflector is voluntold that he's the space bridge driver now. Like Starscream picks him up and plonks him in the seat and he's begging for his life. Pretty much. Again, pretty big size difference. The reflectors are all pretty small individually, so Yep. And then the Autobots show up, or some of them do. Uh, it's the crew that's gonna go to Cybertron show up, basically. So the Autobots show up, and then someone did some decent background paintings here. There's some pretty nice light diffusion, especially in the distance. It's very nice. They knew how to keep their details where they needed to be. Yeah, like kind of sparse in the background. Uh, and now suddenly it's raining, and Starscream <sighs> is trying to hit people with a tree. Like, he literally rips it out of the ground or something and, like, holds it over his head. Uh, he's not trying to hit people with it like it's a baseball bat. Which you think would be what they would do. <laughs> but hey, it's not! There'd be a lot more le well, not leverage, but, you know, a lot more force behind it if you were moving it like that. But no, apparently Starscream just didn't... They don't have baseball on Cybertron. <laughs> Except for chess. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, so Megatron orders the Decepticons to lose uh, against the Autobots that have showed up here. I don't think we get a good reason for that. But I, I think his logic is, we're going to split their forces up. And put some of them on Cybertron, but... I'm not sure if how you it beat was. them here, then they wouldn't have to go to Cybertron. So I don't know why he would order them to lose. This should have just been the backup plan. Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. And so Starscream gets frozen, and Reflector gets forced merged together. Like he gets oh, the three Reflectors <sighs> get like thrown into each other and merged into one. I don't know. Like, like not like they're transforming and combining into their alt mode. It's more like <laughs> what. Whoop, whoop. And yeah, they're like just they're all, all combined. It doesn't make, I don't know what, I don't know why this is a thing. It's like they've all fused into one, oh god, it's like they've fused, like, Steven Universe gems. <laughs> Except they're Only not they any... don't get cooler. Or bigger. <clears throat> just suddenly they're all stacked together in one teeny tiny package. Anyway, Bumblebee, Ironhide, Blue Streak, Trailbreaker, and Chip use the space bridge to travel to Cybertron where they're met by Shockwave and that one reflector who got tossed through the space bridge. Shockwave, apparently, just keeps liquid nitrogen in like a canister on the wall. Dispenser. Let's go with the dispenser. It looks like it looks like a fire. It's like shaped like a fire extinguisher, is yeah. to my memory. But he just keeps it there, hanging on the wall. 
Like, is that their fire suppression system? Why would they use this? I mean, I guess they're weak to water, so they don't have sprinklers. Sprinklers probably would be bad. So Ironhide picks up the liquid nitrogen canister thing that's on the wall, shoots it at the wall, and then it makes the wall more brittle, so he basically makes a hole in the wall. Yeah, he, like, punches a hole in it or something. Yeah. And the Autobots escape out of said hole. Ironhide then shoots glue at Shockwave and the reflector, Gluing them into place. You know what would be super useful right now? Liquid nitrogen. <laughs> also, the real, is that the real reason Shockwave keeps them around? Maybe. Um, but this is also like where that gif of the Shockwave dancing sort of shows up. Or like, it looks like he's dancing. It's basically him struggling to get out of the glue, but totally without context, it looks like he's dancing. And I've seen it used in so many different contexts, and it's great. Yeah. Um, so... Shockwave and Reflector can't get out. And we get to see three new Seekers on Cybertron as Megatron orders them to pursue the Autobots. These are the Rainmakers. And yay, more Pyramid Jets. And Chip single-handedly breaks into Wheeljack's lab. I still love how the Autobots handle him. They just literally pick his entire wheelchair up and hold him up to, like, the panel, that the like, digital panel they need to use to get into the lab. So has Chip learned Cybertronian? I would believe it. Chip is smart enough. Mostly, it's just, geez, he is a super genius for learning and becoming fluent and then being able to hack in this different language. (laughs) I believe it. Or, I mean, heck, maybe, no, no. Yeah, he did hack it, because the Decepticons are the ones who put the stupid lock on the door. Oh, was it? I don't remember. Yeah. Anyway, we find out here that Ironhide has eye beams. He's officially the most prepared Autobot. Trademark. Yeah. (laughs) He's got a freeze gun, he can shoot glue, and he's got eye beams. I mean, what the hell else can't he do? He won't help lift Optimus Prime, apparently. He wants to supervise. (laughs) No. (laughs) So, uh, the Rainmakers make, well, rain. By that, we mean acid rain. And the Autobots are stupid and run outside into it instead of turning around and walking back into Wheeljack's lab and either waiting at the storm or thinking of a different fucking option. They're dumb. They're really dumb. <laughs> acid rain, by the way, apparently has no effect on Chip whatsoever. It's his superpower. He's invulnerable to acid rain. <laughs> and meanwhile, Megatron is pleased with this situation. He even compliments Starscream. Someone's in a good mood. And he orders an attack on the Autobots, like, apparently losing these four Autobots and Optimus Prime is enough to, like, weaken the Autobots. Yeah, I, I feel like you like, he orders an attack on the Autobots still on Earth. Anyway, back on Cybertron, Chip attempts to use motivational speaking to get the bots back on their feet, and then Trailbreaker suddenly remembers he can create force fields. Bumblebee looks annoyed. You couldn't have fucking done this five minutes ago, Trailbreaker! Like, yeah, couldn't you have done this before we stepped out into the rain and started being all paralyzed or something? Yeah, the bots are affected by the aspirin, but Chip isn't. It's really strange. Like, it gets into their circuits, apparently, and makes them short out. I don't know. Haven't they invented, like, waterproofing yet? And then Blue Streak shoots the clouds away because he's such a good sharpshooter. <laughs> I can sharpshoot clouds. <laughs> and uh, Chip's motivational speaking seems to fail here as uh, the Autobots kind of get themselves back together. He's like, transform and roll for his life in regards to Optimus. <laughs> and meanwhile, back at the space bridge, 
Shockwave is finally finishing shooting the glue away. And with the shot, like, how it's framed, the single reflector looks huge. Like, Shockwave size. He's not that big. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Autobots proceed to drive leisurely past these two morons back into the elevator, and Shockwave tries to shoot at them. He doesn't even blow out a tire. Yeah, one job, dude. One job. And meanwhile, the Decepticons are attacking the Ark. <coughs> Spike is super gung-ho to lead this fight. So much so, he steals Jazz's gun. Jazz really doesn't practice trigger safety. It is hilarious to see a human try to carry a Cybertronian-scaled gun because it's huge. I mean, he's not trying. He is I know! It, but, <laughs> but it's his size. It's literally as tall as he is. I mean, how heavy is that gun? Spike has to be ripped. Absolutely. Uh, the Autobots are prepared to fight. Even Huffer has stopped bitching for five goddamn seconds. He is so down to fight now. Huffer is, I mean. <laughs> so, uh, back into the fight, Spike is shooting Jazz's gun. He's clearly utilizing the spray and pray method. I mean, he's shooting from the hip. There is no way he's able to aim with that thing. <laughs> Fighting ensues. And Spike calls Ravage a bad kitty. Bullshit! Ravage is not a bad kitty! All kitties are good kitties! Fuck you, Spike! But especially Ravage is a good kitty. He's just not an Autobot kitty. <laughs> so, Side Spike takes to the air, as he does, shooting from his shoulder-mounted flamethrower. But it really looks like he's breathing fire because of the <laughs> framing and the angle that he's directed. Yeah. The, the angle he's at. Blah. For once, Starscream is yelling about conserving energy. <laughs> Megatron's like, fine, then we'll just have to end this fight. His method for doing this is transforming into gun mode and having Starscream fire him. He is the most powerful weapon in the universe. Well, what do you mean that's not the answer to everything? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, dude, but you can't solve all your problems with your gun. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, the cavalry arrives in the form of Bumblebee, Ironhide, Trailbreaker, Blue Streak, and Chip. And Megatron has just completely disappeared from Starscream's grasp in the next shot. Where did he go? <laughs> He's taking a break. He's <laughs> like, oh god, Starscream, I can't even stand to be near you. <laughs> He's getting some polishing in, I don't know. <gasps> Had to clean his barrel. Uh, Chip and Spike deliver the part for Optimus to Ratchet and Wheeljack. And then we come back to the battlefield, and Shockwave is on the ground here for no apparent reason and shouldn't even be here. <laughs> yeah. He looks like he got absolutely trashed, and it's amazing. <laughs> oh, but there's more. As well as what should probably be Ironhide is down for the count, but he's colored like Ratchet. Who, again, is inside. We just saw this because he's fixing Optimus Prime because he is a fucking medic, damn it. Yep, and it's back to preemptive declaration time as Megatron declares the Decepticons the victors, and... I revoke yeah. my earlier statement about his sense. Yep. Yep, it went away today. It went away. Optimus Prime ruins this by not being dead. And the Autobots <laughs> rally. Uh, Prime basically challenges Megatron to a one-on-one combat. And that happens in, like, ev- like every series. So Pretty this much. isn't a surprise. But, but Starscream's going on about a battle code. Is, is he just making this shit up now? Well, I mean, Marvel Comics, the Autobots have, like, got us forget about that. I don't know what the hell it's called. You're this. like, I don't know either. <laughs> no, it's the thing that Ratchet and Megatron do. That oh god, yeah, like, no, we're not getting it. into that. That is its own separate thing of whatever the hell that is. So, um, Optimus 
does a swan dive off a mountain into Megatron. As the fight goes on, Megatron throws Optimus, who then picks up the big rock Megatron is standing on, and then Megatron face plants down a mountain. It's really, really funny. It is delightful, but it gets better because then Megatron does his best help like fallen and can't get up pose as he's on his back. He really looks like an overturned turtle, like one of those ones that's flailing on its back and... (laughs) Then Optimus shoots Megatron while he's down in the stomach repeatedly. (laughs) Yep. Yep, and Starscream quotes as Megs asks for assistance, and he's, like, in this, like, he's sitting up in this sort of weirdly languid-looking pose, like, extending Pointing. a hand <laughs> at Starscream, who's ignoring him. Oh, it's the birth of Adam, but oh, Megatron. <laughs> kind of, yeah, it actually does look like that. Um, so Megatron yields for now, only for now, after Prime stomps on his hand. <laughs> Starscream basically declares himself leader of Decepticons again. I mean, like, always. Do you think it's a meme? Like, within the Decepticons, he's just gotta be, right? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah, he's a meme. Probably, <laughs> probably Thundercracker, or Skywarp's tele- teleportation as too. God, probably all of their powers are memes. Oh, yeah, but I feel like Starscream, Starscream's, I, Starscream, the leader of the Decepticons, has gotta be, like, its own, like, meme trademark. Yeah. <laughs> So, the Autobots just let the Decepticons fly off, apparently, and that's the end. <laughs> this actually really reminds me of several pe- bad pieces of fanfiction that I read when I <laughs> was much younger. Is it bad when they're just doing what they're doing in the canon, though? <laughs> no. But it's like, it does reflect that the writing is not good. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Anyway, so that's the end of the episode. Uh, next time, join us as Starscream finds his long-lost BFF. The Decepticons try to freeze the world, and giant robots do dumb shit in snow. Also, a giant glowy green rock. Yep. Yep. So, Specs, tell us about our fanfic for the day. Alright, so we have uh, three fanfiction recommendations for today. So our first uh, recommendation for today is Rain Stops Play by Koilung Fish. It is set in a general Generation 1 continuity. I'm not sure if it's IDW or Cartoon. Uh, but it's set on Cybertron, just to let you know. It's rated T for teens. It's Gen. There aren't any pairings. The characters involved are Prowl, Trailbreaker, and with a mention of Mixmaster. And so Trailbreaker and Prowl disagree on what best to do in a rainstorm. And our theme here is rain. Our next uh, recommendation is Checkmate by Tara Linden. It's uh, set in the G1 cartoon series. Rated T for teens. It has Slash in it. Uh, Pairings are Jazz, Prowl. And our main characters are Chip Chase, Prowl, and Jazz. Chip and Prowl play chess, both on the board and with some of the Autobots' biggest secrets. And I picked this because it basically focused on Chip being really curious about the Transformers. Fair enough. And their culture. And the fact that they're probably hiding a lot of stuff. (laughs) No, no. And then our third recommendation for today is He Who Laughs Last by Nightwind, which is set in the G1 cartoon continuity, rated K. It's Jen. There aren't any pairings. And our main characters here are Skywarp, Thundercracker, and Soundwave. So in summary, 
Skywarp may not be the only inveterate practical joker lurking at Decepticon headquarters. And I actually forgot what the theme was for this one when I picked it. So <laughs> that's seekers? <laughs> seekers and I guess pranks. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> we'll, just go with, we'll just go with Decepticons. It's fine. We need more Decepticon shit in here anyway. Yeah. And that just about wraps it up for us today. Remember to check out our Tumblr at afterspark-podcast.tumblr.com for any additional information, show notes, or links that we may have mentioned. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at AfterSparkPod, all one word, and SoundCloud and YouTube at AfterSparkPodcast. Till next time, I'm Specs. And I'm Els! Toodles!